In Christian TV, there are a handful of pastors that preach the prosperity gospel. It's the idea that if you show your faith in God by giving money to those pastors' ministries, God will pay you back for that faith ten or a hundredfold. One of the pastors that preaches this prosperity gospel is a pastor named Mike Murdoch. I believe that when you get involved with God, he gets involved with you. He promises that if you give his ministry money, God will repay you. Newspapers have flown over my house taking pictures of my house. I didn't know how nice it was until I saw how my enemies saw it. When I saw what they were looking at, I said, wow, I am blessed. I didn't know how good God had been to me. And from God, a miracle. In eight months, my house was debt free. Do y'all clap around here? Is anybody happy over here? Is there just a spirit of jealousy here? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But this isn't a story about Mike Murdoch. It's actually about a guy who knew him, Trey Smith. I grew up with Mike Murdoch's son, Jason. Growing up, Trey and Jason were best friends. They went to college together near Mike Murdoch's house. Mike Murdoch was often out of town preaching on the weekends. And on the weekends, Jason and I, we would end up at Mike Murdoch's house, an enormous hacienda estate, at a pet zoo. He had a pet lion whose name was KK. Saunas, jacuzzis, you name it, it's there. With the place themselves, they could basically do whatever they wanted. They could swim in the pool, play with the animals, watch movies in the home theater. But their favorite thing to do was dig through Mike Murdoch's closet. This is a very big closet. You've got these four cabinets. You had one of them that had stamps in it. You have one that has coins in it, different types of loose jewelry. And then you had one of them that had unmentionables in it. The box in the back, this was stuff that was not so valuable. Probably was mainly junk jewelry. Attached to each piece of jewelry was a note that said that the donor was sorry, but this was all he or she could give. Little tithe slips that would say, I didn't have the $58 to give, or I didn't have the $101. Trey spent hours digging through the jewelry, and during the months that he was going in and out of that closet, he was taking things. I should say here that by now, Trey had been kicked out of school. He was doing way too many drugs. His life had gotten kind of out of control. The point that I was at, at that point in my life, was certainly not really sanity (laughs) by any stretch of the imagination. So you felt like, I mean, you didn't really feel bad stealing from him. I I certainly didn't have any remorse about it, so I would have to admit that's true. And I already walked into the situation being biased about Mike Murdoch, so I would have to be honest about that part because, you know, it's my opinion that the prosperity gospel was screwing so many people (laughs) over. He was just taking small stuff at first, maybe a ring or a rare coin. But eventually, his eyes turned to something much bigger. At the back of the closet, you had the safe. When Jason and I would go in and out of that closet, you know, we would shake it from side to side so you could feel the content shift around. 
At first, it was just a fun game to wonder how many stacks of money and what kinds of bills were in there. He and Jason joked that maybe it was a million dollars. But eventually, Trey started to wonder something else. What would it be like to actually steal that safe? If he could just get it out the door, he could be a 20-year-old millionaire. This was something that was tossed around as a joke ever since first seeing that safe. It just at some point materialized not to be a joke. It materialized on a night when Trey was alone. After a couple of drinks, Trey decided that he was going to try and get that safe. I drove a Cadillac through his gate. I'm a 20-year-old kid. I've just smashed into this property, right? So I'm trying to do this as quickly as I can. It was the middle of the night, and no one was home, so he snuck into the side entrance. Just to get into the master bedroom, upstairs, you have to go through two electronically locked doors. I didn't know the code to those doors, so I removed the hinges. Then I was in the bedroom. This was the first time that I had ever been in that room by myself. I was really nervous, but I was too far in to turn back. I took my crowbar, I hung it on the back of my belt, and walked inside of that closet. At the back of that closet was the safe. I tumbled the safe down the stairs. I'm knocking over pricey-looking lampstands and all sorts of crap this direction and that, trying to get this thing into the back of a Cadillac. There was not a lot of thought in any part of any piece of those processes other than get it done, get it done, get it done. Trey got in his Cadillac and he headed for Houston. And this, mind you, this is a several hundred mile drive. I get the safe back to Houston. He got a jackhammer and he drilled off the lock. He reached out and pulled open the door. It's got cut paper in there that was wrapped up with rubber bands so that it felt like that it was full of money. All that money that he had imagined. It was just stacks and stacks of paper. I grabbed that stuff and I literally screamed. I mean, I had shraps of paper going everywhere. And it was an explosion of little shraps of paper. He dug through all of it, every last piece, until at the bottom. There were three $2 bills and there was a note inside that safe in an envelope that said, thank you for supporting my ministry. I mean, I felt like it was a personal message, basically stating that, you know, I got you. Here I am, and the reality is sinking in that I'm empty-handed, I'm screwed, and the reality of what I've done is sinking in. He had to leave the country, and he might never be able to come back. He risked his entire life to get rich. But now, all he had were scraps of paper. It just makes the, it makes the heart <laughs> stop. 
I don't know if Mike Murdoch put pre-thought into that and set me up, but it sure did feel like he anticipated. I think he was clever in that. And I also think another thing as well, I think I deserved it. The cops were after him and he was totally broke. He was forced to flee to Mexico, where he lived in fear of being caught for years. Mike Murdoch, on the other hand, continued his TV ministry just as before. If he was out to entrap Trey, he had won. I felt like I couldn't come back from that moment for a lot of years. And I actually blamed, and this was unfair by any stretch of the imagination, but I blamed Mike Murdoch in my own mind. But now, looking back at it, Trey also thinks there's another possible explanation for the note. It is possible that that note was more like an affirmation, just like the seed of his prosperity gospel. Maybe Mike planted those $2 bills in that note in the hopes that one day, the universe really would deliver enough money to fill the safe. Maybe he was just wishing for a fortune, just like Trey. I'm actually happy that all of it happened exactly the way that it did. Had that safe been full of millions of dollars, and I had gone and done any one of the nine jillion dumb things that I wanted to go do, I most certainly would have been in prison. Look at all of the times that I've been arrogant, all the times that I have done nine jillion things, stealing, lying, you name it. If I can't forgive him, then what chance would I have? And I expect full and well to see Mike Murdoch in heaven, knowing full and well both of us will be in a place that none of us deserve to be. Thank you so very much, Trey Smith. We reached out to Mike Murdoch at the Wisdom Center, but he declined comment on this story. Now, Trey Smith, he lived on the land in Mexico before finally returning to the States when the statute of limitations on his wrongdoings had expired. That story was produced by Julia DeWitt. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.